Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Little Stevie Ray kicking things off for us today. It is great to be here talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies. So, thanks for spending a part of your week with me. And we've got some big, big news, which I believe we're allowed to say at this point because the contract has been signed. And so, anyway, I'll just tell you. Um, you might have noticed I haven't been talking about our previous title sponsor, DSC. And uh, there's a reason for that. Our contract ran out. And due to the state of affairs in the world, that relationship ran its course. It was a great relationship. Lasted, gosh, eight or nine years. Very grateful for that partnership. And I'll be totally transparent. That was uh, unexpected and, and devastating You know, for from a business perspective that was a huge hit but i believe and actually i know to be true the reality that when one door closes the good lord opens up another one and so today i am thrilled to tell you that sci uh, safari club international is our new title sponsor and you're going to be hearing a lot more about sci um in the coming months and hopefully years but one thing that i am and, and just looking at the direction SCI is going, they understand that conservation in North America is just as important as it is in Africa. And they're trying to appeal to a younger demographic, hence why they're working with me. Um, it is, and there's a misconception, but it's partially true that these safari clubs are good old boy fraternities. And if you don't have a million bucks in the bank, then you don't belong. Well, SCI is trying to change that perception. And I think they're doing a wonderful job both domestically and internationally. And so I'm thrilled to be working with them. I'm very excited about that, to say the least. So anyway, glad to have SCI on board as we open up a new chapter of the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Um, Let's see got a great show lined up for you today that i guarantee you and uh, i guess i'll go ahead and tell you all about it so you know what to do pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat up old stanley thermos because we are ready to rock and roll and off the top we'll be joined by brian lynn of sportsman's alliance we got a surprising victory as sportsmen and women uh, last week, coming out of California, which is why it's so surprising, but SB 1175, which would have banned the importation of African trophies, it somehow didn't pass. I know, amazing coming from that state, um, but we'll get into that. And then Colorado, they did something great um, from a, a Parks and Wildlife standpoint, but those granola munchers are not happy about it, and we'll get into that with Brian uh, here in just a minute as well. So California, Colorado, seemingly always in the news for one reason or another, but uh, we'll break those down here today. Then an in-studio guest, a musician who I think everybody is going to enjoy, very talented, uh, made the trek all the way from South Texas, from the Valley, up here to the studio, Matt Castillo is here. He's got a brand new record 
And uh, I found him actually from his previous band, Matt and the Herdsman. But I think he, I think either COVID got him or he axed the uh, the Herdsman because they're no longer with us. And uh, so now it's just Matt Castillo. But Matt will be here, and we'll hear some brand new tunes and likely mix in a little hunting and fishing talk as well. Uh, so that is what's on the docket for today. I'm certainly excited about it. So I'm glad that you're here. Let's uh, let's do this. Let's knock out a quick break. Actually, you know what? I've got a Havilland knife to give away today. This is a Peranta Bolt, uh, my favorite skinning knife. And it comes with, I don't know, 10 or so of the uh, replaceable scalpel blades. Just email the word Havilland. That's Havilland, H-A-V-A-L-O-N, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. And you are entered into today's giveaway to win my favorite skinning knife. Coming up next, our old friend Brian Lynn of Sportsman's Alliance drops by on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Knowing there's just one thing I know that I just can't run. I'm taking my heartache to With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life. Farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find them on Facebook, Foster Farm and Ranch, or Instagram, at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, fosterfarmandranch.com, the website, or call chat at 830-776-3605. Dallas Off-Road is North Texas' trusted 4x4 shop, specializing in lifts, wheels, tires, exterior upgrades, and gears and drivetrains. I recently took my factory Z71 Silverado into Dallas Off-Road, and they handed me back a lifted beast of a truck that will get me around the deer least or just as easily tackle a perilous mountain road on my way to a backcountry elk hunt. Dallas Off-Road owner Jeff Swope is an avid hunter and gun enthusiast, so you'll have a lot to discuss when you swing by the shop or give them a call. Visit DallasOffRoad.com for all your truck or Jeep customization needs. Lone Star Outdoor Show. Powered by SCI. Feels good to say that. Uh, thank you guys for being here. I'm Cable Smith. And we are about to head out to California. Not physically, uh, but we're going to discuss some good news coming out of Cali. First time in a long time I've said that. Uh, but before we get into it with our buddy Brian Lynn of Sportsman's Alliance. This segment brought to you by Vortex Optics and specifically Vortex Wear. If you didn't know, you can save 20% on any piece of Vortex apparel when you use my promo code LONESTAR20 at checkout. That's t-shirts, caps, hoodies, beanies, button-up casual shirts. They've got it all. And anyway, 20% off LONESTAR20 when you buy any piece of Vortex apparel. Uh, all right, all right, all right. Let's bring him on right now. 
making his return to the show and someone I always enjoy visiting with as I'm a huge fan of Sportsman's Alliance and all they do for you and I as hunters, anglers, and outdoor enthusiasts. It's my pleasure to welcome Brian Lynn back to the show. Great to be here, Cable. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely. So are uh, things cooling off up there in Washington State? Uh, well, uh, kind of. They're, they're starting to, although... Uh, I'm not talking about the rioting. I was actually not asking about the rioting. I was uh, more, <laughs> more thinking about just the temperature. <laughs> yeah, well, we're still hitting the 90s, and just the other day, uh, the whole place caught on fire, but, uh, you know, hopefully they get those things put out, I, and we can, uh, before everything burns up and there's no hunting. Yeah, I heard, well, I don't even know, if, I assume this was the same fire, but was it started by some gender reveal thing? <laughs> I don't know. I, well, I uh, there's read about, an article there's there, literally... was a, there was a headline that said family that uh, started fire and it showed like a forest fire will have to pay damages. But if the whole state's gone up in flames, they're not going to be able to afford that. Yeah, I, I don't know about that one. Just uh, yesterday I was visiting the folks and was going to come home and uh, six fires sprang up between home and my parents, which is only two hours away, shut down I-90 for about 10 hours and shut down the back roads and everything else. So I was stuck there. We had winds blowing to 60 miles an hour, huh. dust, smoke, the street lights were on in the middle of the day. It's like an apocalypse. Yeah, it's terrible. So. Terrible, terrible. Uh, but I know uh, Oregon's like kind of in the same situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of part of the the cycle up here. Is uh, we're wet for a lot of the year, and then summer it dries out and gets hot, and then the fire season starts. And so you'll get it from Canada, you'll get it Washington, Oregon. Of course, California is always on fire, and then every couple of years, you know, Montana will have bad fires too. And whichever way the wind starts blowing, you're usually getting smoke from one or the other. Well, so, hopefully, uh, it's blowing towards Portland. Yeah, that, that would actually probably be good. That that help calm things down. Probably that wouldn't bother me one bit. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, man. Well, I am pumped that hunting season is is here. Uh, you know, our dove season's open, and and that's always opening day is always like a holiday for our family. I took the kids out of school, and their mom was like, "Oh, this is the last time you're gonna you're gonna miss <laughs> school for opening day." And I just kind of winked at them and said, "Don't let uh-huh. Don't listen to her. She's not. She's not telling the truth. As long as Dad's around, <laughs> you will be coming dove hunting on opening day. So there you go. That's how I want it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. But yeah, elk season. Uh, you know, is it? It's kicked off for a lot of folks. For me, I'll be headed to New Mexico in a couple weeks. Can't wait for that. Ooh. Yeah. So be there the third week of September, and bulls should be fired up. And yeah, have a bow in hand and and see if we can make something happen. Nice. Yeah. What about uh, what about you? What are your plans for this fall? Well, I got a late season elk hunt that I do every year with a bunch of college buddies. So that's the uh, we usually leave right before Halloween, the first week of November there in Idaho. So I'll be doing that, and then uh, you know go after some deer around here in Washington. But then uh, my pup is just over a year now, just turned a year. So we'll be uh, hitting the uplands and some waterfowl for him and showing him, oh, that's what all this training has been about. He just thought that was fun. So yeah. connect that to the birds and go chase some, chase some birds and see what, see how he does. Awesome. Yeah. So that's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. Get him going. And what kind of, what kind of dog do you have? 
he's a black lab. Okay. So yeah, yeah. I'm partial to the old to the lab. So. Oh yeah, love them. Yeah, Bell's ten. We got another one. Uh, well, we're supposed to have already had the next one, but the breeding didn't take, so it got pushed back till I think the uh, the bitch will go back into heat in like December. The breeder said so. Okay. Fingers crossed for that. Yeah. So, um, well, what what I wanted to start off discussing here today is SB eleven seventy five. Um, we briefly discussed this bill uh, back when it was, I think it was introduced back in February, and you've been on the show since then, and we just kind of glossed over it. Um, but for those unfamiliar, give us a brief overview of what that entails. Yeah, so this is uh, this was the second time something like this was introduced, and SB 1175 was out of California. It was a state, a state Senate bill. Surprise. And, yeah, <laughs> and it basically banned the import of the Big Five. Uh, also, gosh, it had uh, lions, leopards, rhinos, giraffes, zebra, hippos, even baboons, hyenas, and pangolins. Um, and it wasn't just it was banning the import of these and the possession. And so it's like, even, even if you had these things in, in your house before you had to prove that it was taken before, I think it was going to be 2021 mm-hmm. and provide that documentation. If you couldn't, each instance was a huge fine. I can't remember the fine right off the top of my head, but it was huge. Um, and, you know, it's not actually stopping hunting. It was stopping the import of hides and horns and skulls and whatever from animals that were already killed Yeah. And as a means to try to de-incentivize people from going over to Africa and, and hunting. And uh, so, you know, we worked on this from the very beginning back in February with a broad coalition of national and state groups as well as African countries, their, their people were weighing in left and right, sending in letters and saying, hey, this is going to hurt us. It's going to hurt conservation. It's going to hurt our ability to fight poachers and uh, that type of stuff. Two years ago, two, three years ago, it passed the assembly of the Senate and went to the governor. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, that's it. It's done. It's going to pass. And surprisingly, he vetoed it. Now it's the last governor. Now, the new governor is in, and he's a screaming animal rights activist. His dad was the one of the founders of the Mountain Lion Foundation, and he's all on board and all about animal rights. And so this came up and went through the Senate and then went over to the Assembly, and we're like, uh-oh, this is done. It's going to pass. You know, we kept fighting, kept writing letters, kept working with people, you know, uh, both Dallas Safari Club, Houston Safari Club, you know, uh, Safari Club International, mm-hmm. uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. You know, we we're all working on this and the sportsmen's were the one, you know, out in front publicly saying this is bad. So they're passing it and then COVID hits, right? What do they do? They attach an amendment to it that also bans wet markets, hmm. you know. And as a means to leverage all the publicity and everything going around COVID. And they had that on there that wet markets would be uh, made illegal in the state. And it so passed the Senate, went to the assembly. The assembly made some amendments to it, just tweak some language to make it a little more clear, not substantial 
things, but then they needed to ratify it. And they were pushing the envelope, pushing the envelope, you know, as far as time-wise. And there was some pushback. Uh, some groups got up there and said, hey, this is a whole bunch of virtue signaling, you know, that you're uh, worried about animals, but you're not worried about the children who are mining cobalt and, you know, in the Congo for your electric cars. You know, if you want to protect something in Africa, why don't you protect the children and the people? Right. And, you know, so that what was a novel idea for all of the, yeah. these but all these folks who want to put out this idea that they're these big humanitarians, right? Like, yeah. oh my gosh, whatever. They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. No. Let's let's yeah. stop lion hunting. But who cares about all the the kids, the ones mining cobalt, or the, just the ones starving to death? How about that? Yeah. Yeah. No. The, the literally the assemblyman, uh, I can't remember his name, got up and said, "You're, you know." Sierra Club, you you want to protect this and this in Africa and protect these animals, and you're driving around in electric hybrid cars, but you're ignoring the poor children in Africa who have to mine the cobalt for those cars, and you know you're you're killing those kids, you know, get off your high horse. And he basically said that point blank during the comment session. Um, so that was kind of interesting, but it eventually passed, right? So it passed uh, the assembly. But with those amendments and those tweaks to the language, it went back to the Senate, and the Senate had to approve it. Well, time ran out. They had to do it by midnight of September 1st. And time ran out, and they passed it, but it was 1.21 a.m. in the morning. Hmm. California law says anything after midnight doesn't count. So it failed. So they they really so. did try to pass it regardless. Yeah. They, they Well, they went through the motions anyways, but uh, yeah, it uh, it failed. Which is good because the governor would have signed it. Nobody no, thought this was going to fail, right? By no, we were all like, "Yeah, I mean, this is going to happen." You know, we're going to fight the good fight, but if they want to happen, if they want this to happen. It's going to happen, and it's California. So good luck. Hey, what but, is the governor's uh, name? I don't, I don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, uh, Newsom. So his dad started the uh, Mountain Lion Foundation. Yes, he was one of the one of the founders of the Mountain Lion Foundation. He's from California too, I assume, and they don't allow yes uh, cougar hunting in California at all. So no, and, and they fight anywhere that you know it's about mountain lions. And anytime Humane Society you know gets a ballot initiative up on a state to end hounding or any other type of mountain lion hunting, they're always weighing in, and you know this other. The other voice that comes in with some science or pseudoscience or, you know, the comments, the the grab pieces and the headlines and the quotes in the newspapers, and they always provide those. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, California just keeps going further and further into, you know, um, anti-hunting legislation every year. It's something else. We've been on the air oh, a yeah. dozen years. And mountain lion hunting was long gone. That happened in the 90s, way before we ever started. But like a couple years into the show, um, they passed the bill banning uh, hounding for black bear and bobcat. And then fast forward to last year, and they made it completely illegal to even harvest a bobcat like it's some endangered species. I got one running around my backyard, I guarantee you. Uh, so, which isn't a bad thing because it kills the mice. But then I don't have yeah. a little yip yip dog that it'd make a snack out of either. So. Yeah, yeah, no, and that started with national monuments. So you hear about this stuff with national monuments taking place, 
And one of the dangers is, is one, they get turned into national parks often. But then the other part is that they get leveraged as safety zones. So with the, Bob, the whole Bobcat thing management plan came about as do nothing and let people keep trapping and hunting them. And then the other one was just do it in Joshua Tree National Park and around that area. Or three, let's get rid of it altogether. Well, that's what they did. They got rid of it altogether. But it started off as the whole point was about Joshua Tree National Park and this iconic place and people and animals and everything should be safe there. And then it got leveraged across the entire state, like the worst thing that could possibly happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, nothing is safe in California. I've, I've spent a little bit of time there, unfortunately, having to go to uh, friends' weddings or bachelor parties or, you know, family weddings, that kind of stuff. And I mean, I think it was the second time I ever went to California and some homeless guy spit on my wife when we were just walking down the street. I'm like, who in the hell would ever yeah. want to live there in San Francisco? Not me. I have no use yeah, for that. No. You know, people just I mean, taking it, crap on the like, street like animals. Uh, yeah. what, that's the irony is that these idiots, they have people defecating on their own sidewalks and they're going to bitch about people killing lions in Africa on a continent that they're never going to set foot on, that they know nothing about. Um, my friend Corey Knowlton, uh, he killed a lion in Zambia this week. Um, beautiful male lion, wild lion. And he's, he, he has a picture of him. With, there's about 20 people in the photo, and it, it's captioned as teamwork makes the dream work. And every single person is smiling, from the trackers to the skinners to the PHs to the, the cooks, everybody. And you think about how, how many people that one hunt will support financially for a year. It's, um, you know, going back to the humanitarian aspect, it's entirely hypocritical. And it's just, it's mind-blowing, to be, to be frank. Oh, yeah. No. And, you know, and then to say, well, you can't import any of that into the United States, even though it's yeah. scientifically and biologically sustainable. It's approved by CITES. It's approved by the African countries. It's approved by the USDA. It's approved by, um, you know, U.S. Fish and Wildlife. Everything's been looked at. But you can't import that now um, and have any part of that in your home, which literally I'm, I just, I'm about to send a print our monthly magazine and it's on the truth of the trophy. And I mean, if you want to call it trophy hunting as the animal rights like to label everything, it's actually more ethically superior and morally superior than what they're wanting. They're mm -hmm. wanting, they're not stopping the hunting. They're just saying you can't use all of the animal. Well, that's ethically and morally superior to use the animal. The meat's getting used, the hide's getting used, the head's getting used, the horns, the feathers, whatever else. All of the animals being used to make furniture, jewelry, design, you know, mounts, whatever it is, rugs, you know. But that's what they're trying to stop now as a backdoor way to in end hunting. hunting. Yeah, yeah. Well, and no hunter, you can call him a trophy hunter if you want. You know, 50 years ago, trophy hunter was a was a badge of honor. It meant that you hunted the most mature male of the species. Yeah. And that's the hardest one to kill, regardless. You name the species, it yeah. doesn't matter. It's transcendent across yep. the animal kingdom. If you take the oldest mature male, you've killed the hardest son of a gun that there is to kill. He's I literally the say that in, in the article. That's in the, did you write this? <laughs> <laughs> I literally I what I said in there was you're, you're selecting the most mature animal, and it's already served its biological role. Right. Like our biological role is to replicate and breed 
so the species survives. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the mature animal has bred season after season after season. It's been alive. It knows how to do it. It's served its biological role. You're not harming the genetics mm-hmm. or anything of, or the, you know, the population of the species by taking out an old male. Yeah. You know, so it's just ridiculous and it's just, it's just hard to believe. Yeah. So what, what was a, a term of endearment or, or you know, a sign of a, of an ethical hunter trophy hunter now is this dirty gutter word that they've, yeah, it's been, it's begun. Yeah. It's been vilified, yeah. you know, and they've leveraged it from Africa to everything now, everything in the United States, uh, bear hunts are trophy hunts, mountain lion hunts with hounds or bear hunt or are trophy hunts. You know, everything has now been labeled as a trophy hunt as a w- way to vilify it because most people immediately make the connection of trophy hunt with wanton waste. You're just putting head on the wall and you're wasting the meat, you know, and it looks like it's ego egotistically driven and wasteful when it's not. Yeah. But well, I need to show those the idiots and the connection, the video of my, I think he was four at the time, Henry seven. Now I kill my mountain lion, I think three or four years ago. And he's, he's sitting there chowing down on a mountain lion slider and I said, Henry, what are you eating? And he's like, mountain lion? I was like, is it good? <laughs> he's like, it's great. And he's just dipping it in ketchup and going to town on it. I mean, so yeah. it's all. But that's, all... that's the connection that's drawn now. And they're painting everything as a trophy hunt and then introducing legislation with it. And they repeat it, repeat it, repeat it in the press to pass either amendments and political pressure on politicians or a ballot initiatives. And everything's labeled as a trophy hunt. Mm-hmm. Then the other thing about the import stuff is, okay, they become successful and it becomes routine to ban the import from other countries. How long until they try to make it illegal to ban the import of animals crossing state lines, yeah. animal parts crossing state lines? You har- harvest a whitetail in you know, Illinois, you can't bring it back to Texas. And they can cite chronic wasting disease and everything else to l- try to legitimize things like that. Oh, so, I mean, you know, it's, I think it's just every, easy to see. Yeah, and and I'm not going to say every hunter hunts out of state, but I would say the majority of of big game hunters, at least once in their life, have have gone somewhere on a destination hunt. Uh, those that haven't, you know, maybe financially don't have the means. I know they would like to. Um, yeah. So that would systematically end. Uh, that would end hunting and think about the travel aspect, um, economic impact. Oh yeah, it would be devastating, absolutely devastating. Yeah, and then you start limiting that, and you're looking at, you know, the the loss of non-resident tags, that funding, the from Pittman Robertson dollar license and fees tags, they all go back into conservation and land management and yeah. uh, upkeep. Well, so. SB 1175 failed to pass and uh, didn't make it to the governor's desk, thank God. I assume that they will attempt to do something similar next year. So, yep, yep, we'll, we're already betting on it, and it's uh, just a matter of time. So, yeah, it uh, we we're reveling in this while we can and enjoying the victory. It'll be a short-lived victory before it comes up again, and... We're fighting the same battle for the third time. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, well, I guess that's all we can do is it is a, a small victory, but certainly an important one. Uh, shifting gears here. One other thing is we are almost out of time, but um, something that I've been following along in Colorado is, and, and kudos to them for, for passing um, that legislation. I don't remember the bill number or any of that stuff, but uh, they now require folks who are camping, hiking, mountain biking, bird watching, fishing, you name it, to buy. Um, well, I guess if you were fishing, you'd, you wouldn't need one, but you'd already have a fishing license. But they're required to buy uh, a hunting license to use state um, or is it just state land or is it? Um, it's uh, yeah, it's state wildlife areas and state trust land. Okay. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, those aren't supported by taxpayer dollars. The funding they receive is from Pittman Robertson, mm-hmm. Bingle Johnson dollars, and from the purchase of state hunting and fishing licenses. Yeah. So these non-consumptive people, hikers, bird watchers, campers, mountain bikers, whatever, have been accessing it and using it without putting anything into it. And they can actually take money away because there's a formula with the Pittman-Robertson dollars and matching funds according to, you know, the places, you know, how the licenses sold and, and those excise dollars being uh, used. And so that's actually, people aren't putting into the pot. So again, the hunters and anglers bought the land, pay for the management of the land, you know, and... All and the thing is, we don't, you know, we do it. Aren't doing it. We do it willingly, gladly. Like we yeah. don't, we don't ask for much in return. All these freeloaders, you know, that's just the way it's been forever. And it's great to see a proactive approach to say, hey, all you other granola eating uh, folks out there, you need to do your part as well. And the hunters yeah. are doing the heavy lifting. We will still do that gladly. And you know, I have. I love camping too, if, even if I don't have a gun or a, a fishing pole or whatever. Um, but those folks are using the stuff that we're paying for, and it's time for them to start at least yeah. contributing a little bit. Um, yeah. And, and it, so there's a lawsuit about that. Yeah, so they're that's saying the that it's infringing on their freedom of speech because right. by purchasing a hunting and fishing uh license they say it's tantamount to making them say they approve of hunting and fishing when they don't right you know so that's mind-blowing so yeah i I mean i just giggled when i was like these idiots so here you finally are being asked to do not even your full part just a little bit just contribute something and uh and they bitch about that and turn it into well if we do that then we're supporting hunting no no, you're not. You're supporting wildlife. You're supporting yeah. these wide open spaces that we all love. Yeah. Hunters, that, anglers, the ironic thing is that by not purchasing alike. it, yeah. by not purchasing it, they're taking funds away yeah. the, the, from the federal grant money. So yeah, they're they're undermining it and saying that they you know they love it and they they you know don't have a problem helping, but they don't want to help and they're actually costing the state money yeah they don't want to pay they never have had to pay yeah they know that we're we're going to continue to do it and they don't want to they don't want to contribute yeah thanks for nothing you guys uh, out there that are in that category uh they've probably never listened to the show so we're just (laughs) preaching the choir here but it is a a point that needs to be made that you know they've never contributed anything and and when asked to do so they, they don't want to do it 
No, so, and, they, and the bottom line is they don't care about those things. If they did, they'd be happy to contribute. Yeah. Put your money where your mouth is. The cliche, it, it holds up, and uh, it's true. So, just doesn't mean exactly. it doesn't mean as much to them as it means to hunters and anglers. That's for sure. No, nope. no, nope, not at all. No. Nope. Well, my friend, um, you know I'm a big fan of everything Sportsman's Alliance does as far as uh, the great work keeping all of all of us informed on these type of issues. Um, all the legislation across the country, it's a, it's a, man, it's a thankless job and one that requires a ton of manpower and hours, so I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, and thanks for your support and helping get the word out on social media and everything. It, uh, it helps when everybody starts pitching in with their voices and calling legislators and, you know, writing letters or emails, and, uh, you know, it just adds weight to our punch, and so thank you. Absolutely. Where can folks find you guys? Sportsmens, M-E-N-S, sportsmensalliance.org, as well as Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. You guys give them a follow. Certainly worthwhile. Uh, they're posting uh, bills that are uh, that are a threat to all of us on a regular basis. So two thumbs up and certainly recommend y'all following along as well. Brian, thanks again, man. Always a pleasure. Thanks you. Thank you, Cable. All right, our good friend, Brian Lynn of Sportsman's Alliance. And that segment was brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, land's the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. So if you're ready to take that step and make that dream your reality, whether you want property for hunting, fishing, recreating, running cattle, or just to get the hell out of the big city, Lone Star Ag Credit has you covered. You can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Up next, Matt Castillo and his guitar will be here in studio on the Lone Star Outdoors show. I had my pride intact, but you set my heart on fire before you gave it back. British Columbia is world-renowned for its beauty and wildlife, and Vancouver Island is revered as a magical place by hunters. Vancouver Island Coastal Bear Adventures specializes in taking mature trophy black bears with 18-inch minimum skulls in the six and a half to seven and a half year range. They also have Roosevelt elk tags and only take Boone and Crockett bulls each fall. 60% of their guiding area is located on private land. So whether you're looking for a Boone or black bear, once in a lifetime Roosevelt elk, or a giant cougar, they've got the hunt for you. Visit VancouverIslandBearHunt.com to book your hunt today. That's VancouverIslandBearHunt.com. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's, once again, the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today.
There's a little Flatland Calvary bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you today. I think Flatland's about the best thing going in country music these days. I'm so glad that you're here with me. Do appreciate it. As we've got an in-studio guest, a special guest today, Matt Castillo, a great singer-songwriter in his own right, one that I think we're all going to become very familiar with in the not-too-distant future. Uh, But before we get into it with Matt, this segment of the show brought to you by First Light and the new Uncompagre 2.0 puffy jacket. Um, About to go on that elk hunt next week. Headed back to the land of enchantment, New Mexico. One of my favorite places. And that Uncompagre is my outer layer. You know, it's not hot in the mornings or evenings, but you can see your breath a lot of the time. It's chilly. Uncompagre is all you need. Plus, it makes for a great pillow when you stuff it inside your uh, sleeping bag sack at night before you lay down your little head. It's the Uncompagre 2.0. You can find it at firstlight.com. First Light, go further. Stay longer. And with that being said, let's bring on our next guest. He is sitting right across from me here in the studio. He's got his guitar, which... I'm very excited about. It is my pleasure to welcome Matt Castillo to the show. It's about time you invite me. <laughs> thank you for having me on the show. It has been uh, it's been in the works for some time. It has, that is yes. for sure. Um, crazy I know, times, right? Crazy times. Crazy but dude, I'm so crazy. glad we we're able to fit this in. And yeah. uh, thank you because I've been quarantined for so damn long that uh, gave me reason to leave the house and my city, which is everything's safe by all means guys yeah. we're playing it safe and still following the the guidelines trust me yeah it is a long haul to it north is. texas for you yeah but you know um that's why i signed up for not for the you know obviously i signed up for the podcast but i mean i also signed up to do this for a living so you yeah. know being in south texas down the rio grande valley down in mccallan edinburgh area it's a good seven and some change right um so but i was happy you know it's what we do and and uh it's almost like those people all the musicians in lubbock it's equivalent from going Lubbock all the way down to maybe Corpus Christi, Texas. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a haul, but I enjoy it. Like I said, just put it on cruise control and go forward. So growing up in that part of the world, yeah. were hunting and fishing a big part of your upbringing? It was. We always looked forward to it, um, especially dove season. I remember as a kid uh, going with my uncle, we go get my license, you know, at Walmart or something, mm-hmm. and, and uh, they'll give me this little two shooter gun or a BB gun to try out with before they <laughs> move up to the shotgun. And uh, and uh, I remember one time, uh, one season, we killed a lot of uh, birds and doves and stuff like that, and um, we barbecued them. Mm-hmm. And that was my first taste of dove, you know. And now I hear all these other cream cheese and jalapenos wrapping in bacon. I might be able to have a chance to do that now because, well, with all this quarantine stuff and no shows going on, I have more chance to go do some dove hunting. So yeah. you bet your sweet butt I'll be doing that this uh, this season. You guys have a lot of white wings down there. As which well, yeah. We have some in this, you know, in North Texas area. Uh, but when I first started hunting 15 years ago or so, we didn't have as many. They've kind of moved their um, home range north. They're expanding. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're starting to see more and more of them, which I like them because they're bigger, more meat. Yeah. And where do you uh, hunt around here? Or um, I I go up to Ellis County with Three Curl Outfitters. Okay. They have cool. a ton of ag leased really? up there. And yeah. Man, yeah. I know there's a couple of ranches that um, I know some people that rent out their their ranches to go hunting some deer and, and mm-hmm. javelina and all the bird hunting, all that good stuff, uh, white wing and dove, and and it's like man. I wish I could do. They always invite me out, but at that time we were just always gigging on the weekends. And like yeah. I was telling you before, our weekends are Sunday through 
Tuesday. The oh, majority yeah. of the time they're at work and we're just at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of one of those. Well, so I, I know you've got your guitar here mm-hmm. and you're the first musician who's ever come to the studio with a bow case in their guitar and a bow case. It's a SKB, which uh, is what my bow case is. And that's that's like a, I mean, that's a sturdy ass guitar case. Yeah, people get mad at me when I rode around with that. It has wheels, it has a couple of handles. If anybody, or maybe if my lady gets pissed off at me and she wants to throw my money-making guitar in the ocean, I can still go get it because <laughs> it's waterproof, it's sink-proof, it's, we won't tell her that. Yeah. So, But, you know, the reason why I got that case is because all my trips that I've gone to, um, on the airplane to Nashville, all my trips away, I would have just my Taylor guitar case. And it's, yes, it is durable, but it's not heavy-duty. And so... When there's people out there that don't know how to handle a simple guitar or how to place it, uh, then we run into problems. So, again, and when I saw them, how they treated my poor, beautiful workhorse guitar, I said I had to do something. And so I found this guitar case, and um, it's a heavy-duty one. And I was just featured on on their Instagram, by the way. Um, there's a picture of me grabbing my guitar from their case. and uh, Nice. So, yes, it gets mistaken for, you know, AR-15 or something or something crazy <laughs> in there. But honestly, it just, it warms people's hearts. It's yeah. just a guitar. Yeah. So, but yeah, great investment. Oh, I'm sure. They're always like, because when you walk in with a firearm or a bow case, yeah. they're like, oh, you know, this guy's up to no good. You know, it's funny too, because no, I just want to uh, go hunting, I man. I just want to go hunt. Sir, what's in there? Love making music. You know? <laughs> and I remember one time we opened up for Aaron Watson and all of his guitar cases are exactly like those, just uh-huh. different colors. And I was yeah. like, oh, that's awesome. So then I just reminded myself to put a bunch of stickers, which if you have a sticker, I need to put it on my guitar case. Um, but yeah, best investment I've, I've made as far as for my guitars and protecting them, you know, mm-hmm. so. and People don't. I don't even know that it's they don't know how to handle them. Sometimes the mm-hmm. the people that you know that are moving luggage around are just in a bad mood Maybe. generally, and they just yeah. like I've seen how they treat my rifles. And the first time I went to Africa, got there, my scope was all jacked up, man. I ended up, you know, I ended up having to spend half a day resighting it in, and and some of that's to be expected, but it's just they I don't mean, they don't really extent, care. Yeah, for so. time, you know, it's just all you have to do is just put it in nicely, you know, and and being in a if you're working as, you know, a TA or, or TSA, I'm sorry, or just working hauling luggage and you live in Nashville, nine times out of 10, you're dealing with a guitar every single time. Mm-hmm. And for you to treat the guitar to put it on the neck down, you know, the skinny side down, and for those that are listening, uh, that's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, you put the body down, the bigger, the fatter part, you put it on, lay it on that side or stand it up there. But this person and whoever that lady was that saved my guitar, because I was on the end of that little <laughs> um Deal. So she knew. Yeah. She knew, and she I've never seen somebody run that fast for a guitar. And I, when I looked up, I was like, she goes, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, out loud. <laughs> and, I, and as I looked up and I turned, I was, yeah, it was my guitar. My baby. And I didn't know they had put it in. And I looked at her, and I said, man, I love you. Do you want to go have lunch or something? <laughs> I'll write you a song. Yeah, I'll write you a song. Do you want to co-write one of these days? But she was such a sweetheart. But, yeah, and that was the moment I realized that I needed to just get a, uh-huh. a guitar case. Yeah. Right. Well, so do you prefer hunting or fishing more when you have the time to do it? You know, I like both. Mm-hmm. It depends if I want to be out in the sun for a long time or if I just want to just kind of be in the shade and just chill. And <laughs> both are, are drinking. But, you know, uh, I like both, honestly. Yeah. Fishing is a different story. I have to have a little bit more patience for it um, as, as well as the hunting part. But uh, I remember last time we went with my buddy and uh, we didn't know. Okay, so... 
a, a friend of a friend and one of my uh, fraternity brothers, real brother, was like, oh, anytime you guys want to come fishing, like, just tell me when and where. Like, All right, cool. So I tell my buddy, I said, hey, uh, call your brother and let him know we want to go fishing on a Tuesday. So my my best buddy came in from town from the oil rigs. And I was like, hey, dude, we're going to fish. So save the date. We'll wake up at 5 in the morning and go out there. So we drove an hour out to South Padre Island. Boats ready. Got our beers. Cracked the first one for breakfast. Headed out there. And we're fishing. And we're not catching anything, right? So we're drinking a little bit more. <laughs> throwing our lines out. Ain't catching. The guy goes, all right, man. Just put up your lines and we'll go to the next spot. So we roll it up and we head out. Same thing. Throw our lines out. Drinking beer, nothing. So we go, <laughs> come to realize the guy doesn't know what he's doing, but he just comes out here to drink beer. <laughs> so pretty much all we did was do the same thing. Like we had our hopes up, just throwing our line out. And, uh, we're and just you're drinking. just drowning bait at we're this point. We're just drowning bait and we're just drinking beer. And I was like, I told my fraternity brother, I was like, but we wanted to catch something. We just wanted, to, we didn't want to drive an hour out just to drink. That's all part of it. But yeah. Man, I was like, okay, so the next time, he, hopefully he's a better guide, but he was like, oh, sometimes I just come out here, take the boat out, get away from everybody, just drink. And I'm like, <laughs> it's not a bad idea, but man, we really wanted to grab some fish because what I like to do is if I catch like a red snapper, I'll take it and then I'll go to the restaurant and be like, hey, can you blacken this or yeah. can you just fry it whole? Like, mm-hmm. And I would just eat it like that with some rice peel off or whatever. And I was really hoping for that, but that day we caught nothing but beer cans you know in yeah that sense. So, a buzz. But i do yeah but there are times where I'll, i will go fish and we'll catch some really good red snapper and and uh uh i love it i, I dig it i like that just get away from everything kind yeah. of deal so yeah. well you know what goes hand in hand with with hunting and fishing matt is good country music that's right i'm gonna have you play me one that was the first song of yours that um i gravitated no it was the first mm-hmm. one i heard probably i think yeah. i just found it on you know how one of the cool things about spotify is it just recommends music that's like music that you enjoy yeah and i was like oh matt and the herdsman okay yeah. we'll give and then <laughs> for you came on i was like yeah. dude this song the story that it tells yeah. uh is awesome and then the, the, i went and watched the music video and uh captures that south texas essence and right um like you were talking about off the air the uh sometimes can be unsafe nature of that part of the world. Exactly. That part of the region where, you know, Mexico is 15 minutes away. It's a hop skip. You could throw a rock over and you'll hit Mexico's pond, you know, mm-hmm. a river. Um, but it was one of those songs where that I hope doesn't come true because typically the songs that I write or I co-write, I try to stay true to exactly everything that, you know, some part of my life has had an influence on why I'm writing that song. And, but for this one it was a little bit different, you know, uh, it started off with the chord progression of, of the chorus and I just had a line like, you know, I'll give it all up just for you. And I had the idea. So I took it to my buddy, um, Jordan daughter, who's also a singer songwriter. And we hammered out three songs and that was the second one and mm-hmm. really spent some really good detail time on that. So, um, it's one of my favorite ones to play live and went to the studio. We just, Really brought it to life. I really wanted that accordion on there. Uh, if you guys haven't heard it yet, it has some nice Spanish flavors, South yeah. Texas flavors, what we get down there. So it's good, but I do not want that story to come true whatsoever. <laughs> right, right. Uh, well, let's go ahead and take a listen to it. Let's do it.
head of church on Sunday, forgiving us for our sins. Walking back to the house just to make some more again. Your mama whispered, boy, I'm watching what you do. She don't understand the way I feel for you. Before she knew it, we had both in out the door. South of the border where we never been before. Silver rain to show the world what we had done. We sailed our vows beneath the hot summer sun. Still young lovers in a place we never been. Leave behind the life we knew. Hand in hand we threw our cousin to the wind. I get on them just for you. I give it all up just for you. The waves were crashing as we walked along the sand. Two men approached us and they took you for my hand. Before I knew they tied me up and took me to a black sack over my head, I was calling. How to you My heart stood still I heard the trembling in your voice And with the devil seem to be my only choice and My life for yours if they only cut you loose What they didn't know is that I would die for you So tell your lovers in a place we've never been Wishing for the love we knew Hand in hand we threw our curse into the wind I gave my life up just for you I gave my life up just for you Couple of quarters just drop into the phone Call your mama and let her know you're coming home Your daddy's waiting as you pulled up to the drive Rushed out to hold you and thankful that you're alive Looking down from heaven I see your pretty face I don't feel bad I gave my life up in your place If I can go back in time I'd tell you what I'll do I'd make the same mistake just to give my life for you Just tell your lovers in a place we've never been Just wishing for the life we knew Hand in hand we threw our caution to the I give my life up just for you. I give it all just for you.
Man, that's good. I like that one. That was a favorite one to rap, my buddy Jordan Daughter. We wrote like three songs, and uh, we had that. I had that chord progression, and I had the idea behind the chorus. And then Jordan, my buddy, he just laid down some lyrics, and me and him were just like, yeah, this is really good. This is the one story I hope never comes true for me. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, like I said, that's uh, that's one that the first time I heard it, then, then when you discover a new artist that you like, uh, then you just start going flipping through their whole yeah, catalog. Well, yeah, yeah. All, their, all their music, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, thanks, man. I'm glad you found me. Uh, that album, you know, that was like our sophomore album, and we weren't too sure what it was going to turn out to be. And again, he just right, right, right. But that was by far our favorite one that we got to play live because we tracked it all live. We're all in a room. We all tracked it, and it's just that you get that energy feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And then when we play it live, and sometimes we, when we get lucky, we'll bring an accordion guy on stage, and he'll rip apart those those. Uh, accordion parts and the crowd just goes wild for it you know so hopefully i'll get to experience that again once we get back on the road and things open up yes opens up texas opens right back up so i don't know what you did to the herdsmen because they're no longer around (laughs) now it's just mac castillo yeah um you've got a solo record coming out yeah and um i'll let you talk a little bit about that and then we'll take a listen to the the current single which is say it that's right so um you know did you kill them? You didn't like those no, guys? What you know, happened? No, we just kind of to let them go. No, you know what? The one bodies the, disappear the in bodies, that part of the world. You know, when we all started as a group together, we know I the idea was to the idea was to be forever. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Randy Rogers band had the full band together and go through the trials and tribulations that come with the music business. But I think at, at some point in their lives and their careers, they just realized maybe that it wasn't for them. And everybody that has left my band has been so respectful and they did it the right way. They didn't just like get up and leave. They just said, Hey, look, it's just probably something I can't do anymore. I'm gonna write it out until the end of the month or mm-hmm. two months or something. And I'm, I love them for that because they allowed me to just try to go find replacements or find somebody to fill in. Um, knowing that everything that I was doing, it, it was all for the purpose of the music and the business. And so a lot of uh, bands, I, from what I hear, either treat it like a business or they just treat it as a weekend, as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So early on for me, it was like business. You know, business first, music goes hand in hand. If you can't have the business without the music and you got to have really good music. So um, it was just pretty much their decision to to just get up and, and go try something new. And So they're me, still alive. They're still alive. They're still out there doing great. I, and I think they're doing great. But for me, it just kind of kept my head down and kept rolling. Yeah. So as all this was happening, I was already writing for the our what was going to be our third album. But everything kind of just you know fell to the wayside. So I was like, well, you know what? If anybody's going to do this for the long time, it's going to be me. You know. So I found a really great producer and songwriter who's also on this album and who helped write our our new single. Uh, his name is Roger Brown and. I, I told him the idea of what I was going after, and he knew exactly what I wanted to do. So mm-hmm. we got together. We wrote uh, 42, 43 songs in two and a half years through songwriter retreats, trips to Nashville, over Zoom, over, well, before Zoom, uh, over uh, Skype, uh, phone, like all these things. And so. Uh, That's funny. The world, like, it's going to be like pre-zoom yeah you know? before that, zoom yeah it's like bc stuff. before christ now it's like exactly. bz before zoom like, we have to put up with lagging and all that stuff beforehand zoom is coming through and really helping so you know we got that and uh we took uh 17 songs into the studio in nashville and we cut we cut 16 hmm. but we only put 12 on the album 
Mm-hmm. So we still got a lot more music that we want to put out. But this was the first song, which you're about to hear right now, that we wanted to introduce to radio and introduce as, you know, Matt Castillo, who, you know, what I am and the music that I gravitate to that yeah. inspires me. So it's a honky-tonk, upbeat, toe-tapping like get your girl in the living room with nothing but your socks and just tour her around, you know, until we can get a honky tonk. But this is uh, this one's called Say It, and I, man, I really hope you guys dig this new stuff. Kinds of things that I'd want you to feel. Say it, say it, say it, say that you don't love me. Saying so, my heart will let you go so I can find someone who will. Request it on your local radio stations as well. Yes, indeed. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, that segment of the show brought to you by Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. We'll be right back with more from Matt Castillo on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Down at the end of the rainbow, my pretty little pot of gold. 
Hey guys, Cable here for Coon Stopper. If you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons, well, here's your solution. If you're running a traditional feeder that has, you know, those long legs that coons like to climb up, rob you blind, well, you just attach the Coon Stopper to each leg. It's so easy. I just put one on a 300-pound all-seasons feeder, and <laughs> the results speak for themselves. Coons don't like it. They basically attempt one time, realize that it hurts, and they're done. Throw in the towel, just like that. It's the Coon Stopper, and you can find it at alamooutdoorworld.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Oh, I know it's been too long since I've held you And I know you've been strong, don't you worry There's an oldie but a goodie from Cody Jinx, Wake Up Becky, bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by SCI. Uh, Cable Smith here with you today. Thank you for dropping by. We've still got Matt Castillo here in the studio with us. About to hear a couple more tunes, possibly talk a little hunting, fishing, who knows. Uh, But Matt's still here, and uh, we're going to dive back into that. However, this segment, first of all, brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and the 600-pound stand and fill. No more backing your truck up next to one of those tall feeders where you you know maybe you have to have a ladder no 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 you just stand there take the lid off and fill it up it's that easy it comes in uh, 600 or 300 i think even like uh, yeah there's a thousand pound model too i've never had that one but certainly the 600 and the 300 uh all i have at my dear lease at this point it's the stand and fill and you can find it at allseasonsfeeders.com well picking it back up here with matt uh, castillo matt I know you've got a new record on the horizon set to come out sometime in the not too distant future. So the name, the, details uh, the on title that. of this album is called How the River Flows, uh-huh. and it's based off like my upbringing in South Texas and in Austin. So, you know, being born in Austin, Texas, and then being raised in South Texas down in the Rio Grande Valley, I had a little bit of two worlds. You know, the fast-paced life and the slow pace. And fast pace is like your big cities cars moving fast, friends like in your neighborhood, just like this. Like mm-hmm. this brings back memories. If I could just walk over to my friend's house across the street down in South Texas, the only thing that was in front of us was, was acres like farming. Um, so in order to get to your friend's house, you had to ride your bike for a good while or tell your parents to kind of drop you off or something. It wasn't at your disposal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so during the summer times, I'd come back up to Austin with my mom and, you know, I'd visit friends and, you know, being uh, around Austin, I just missed it. You know, we didn't, ha- we had a community pool, so we all go to the pool and you have a bunch of friends that you catch up with, but mm. down in South Texas, we didn't have that. So uh, to me, it was a fast paced, slow place, a uh, slow uh, pace life. 
So how the river flows is just kind of like my upbringing. And it's about my grandpa. It's so like my, my grandpa that was in South Texas and my grandpa that's in Austin and about my uncle. My uncle mm-hmm. helped raise me. And he was like that father figure that, that he needed to be. And my grandparents were like the wisdom, you know, they said, you know, mm. stay on track. Don't mm-hmm. do these things, do this. Aren't you know? grandparents great like that? Like they are. It makes me, what you've just said makes yeah. me think of my grandfather. And yeah. when he spoke, he everyone listened, listened you know, right. but yeah, every time he talked, I listened, I mean, I just listened because there was something in there that was on, honestly true from no matter what point in time, like you could be living in 1965, whatever that talking about resonates right now 2020 yeah. Yeah. um so yeah it's about that it's about having grown up and so how the river flows it, it's the title track off the album and then but we have like you know your your honky tonk songs you know falling in love songs you know um there's even word of a buck owens tune on there <laughs> that, you know, and i love you know my uh music i gravitate to is you know your 90s country uh all of it but you know i Lean on well, him. that's there's a reason for that. It's because Nashville for the last ten or fifteen years has really sucked. Yeah, you know their their music, and I'm not really ashamed have, to say that like it's terrible. Music, I know, but their music had a message, but it wasn't a strong message. Hmm. It's not like a message that you can remember next year. Yeah. What's getting played right now? But I bet you you can take a '90s message and it can resonate to forever. You know, I'm gonna love you forever and ever. Amen. Well, you, you don't know? think there's much substance to. Uh, Chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. No, you don't think there's a life message there? Not, maybe for the weekend. <laughs> maybe for the weekend. And then that's it. But I don't see anything else. Happen. When I heard that song, I was like, you got to be kidding me, Blake. I was like, turn the radio off. went from off. old red to uh, chew tobacco, chew tobacco, spit. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, that's where that's where I lean on. And uh, I'm, I'm a 90s country guy and big on the early Texas country and Texas going on now. So I hope that it kind of resonates on this new album. Mm-hmm. Enjoying the conversation and the, the laughs and the music today. Um, what's the what's the craziest thing that has happened to you in, in the outdoors? Okay, uh, I'll be completely honest with you. I was dove hunting uh-huh. with with one of my cousins, and you know, South Texas. I guess our way of doing it is like here, figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> and so, as a young kid, I was always kind of intimidated by like a shotgun, you know. Yeah. And and to me. Uh, I would go to classes to go get my license and stuff to go out and go hunting. And I remember one time we went out and I had the shotgun and I had it in my hand and I was doing something and I had the barrel facing up at me. I saw it and I looked down and I'm like, I'm, I'm like in junior high. I'm like probably like in sixth grade. I looked, I looked down and so I, I pick it up and then I just fire it off. And when I fired it off, I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I almost blew my own head off. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just one of those moments where it was the most craziest moment. And from then on, I'd just been super hyper-focused about, like, you know, guns and safety and all that stuff. But, you know, my cousin's like, here, you know, figure it out. You know what I mean? And right. it was just like, right. what a scary moment, you know? And I will never forget that. And yeah. it taught me a lot about hunting and safety and for others. And, and I hope that there's a lot of there's a lot of accidents that happen out there and, you uh, it's just really taught me to be extra careful yeah. uh, come hunting. Uh, the other thing is um, I'm also happy that if I went fishing, I didn't get a, a, a hook in my cheek. I didn't rip a lip, thank God, <laughs> but I hear stories about that. So, But that was a crazy one uh, hunting. But Man, yeah, I could see why almost blowing your dome off uh, would stick with you. So certainly a life lesson there, like you said. Uh, what about with life on the road or on stage? What's the craziest thing that's happened in those circumstances? 
we were in a very bad snowstorm and we got stuck. We went down this hill. I guess we went up the mountain. We were up mm. the mountain. We went down this hill. We needed to come up and the weather was just so terrible. We got stuck halfway up and, uh, we had to just stop there and wait for somebody to come pull us out. Wow. And, uh, that was a scary feeling. Cause we had a two night stand in red river, New Mexico. We didn't know what we were going to do. My guys were freaking out. You know, being from South Texas, we don't get to see snow. <laughs> you know, we don't ever see snow. I think the only snowstorm we've ever been in is going through Oklahoma. And sure here, as hell don't Missouri. have chains for your tires or any of that we did, stuff. You know, again, yeah. that's being not aware of well, what's going on. Texas you know? people don't even know what those are by and large. Right, yeah. right. So um, the guys are getting out and they're trying to find a hook to place it because I had I have a, I have a sprinter in, and that sucker's big. And if I would move anything, we would slide down slowly. And I have the brakes on and I'm like pushing those babies down, but there ain't nothing we can do. The wind is blowing. I'll show you a video. The wind is so heavy and it's blowing super fast and hard that anything will kind of tip it over or help it or at least make it slide. So these guys in a four by four, four truck come up and they're like sheriff's officers and they're on this gear. They're wearing Wranglers, just Wranglers, a jacket, a little mask. It's like, well, what's going on guys? Like, oh, we need to get, we need to get to our show and we need to get out of here. So it's all right. But you know, I don't see anything hooking. I said, just hook it on. I don't care if the bumper comes off or the, you know, just get us out of here. So anyways, they pulled us out. Thank God. So as soon as they pulled us out, they said, all right, keep going and don't stop. So sure enough, we did. So we go and as <laughs> it, we saw a puddle of, of snow. So like it had the wheels rolling through there. So I was like, let's go. So we went. And as soon as we went, we sunk in. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. So they pulled us out again. <laughs> Twice, man. I felt bad. I wish uh, I had like they're like these oh, flatlanders. Oh my god! And yeah. so this snowplow comes through, and the guy goes, "Follow him and don't stop." So sure enough, we followed that guy all the way out. So we finally got to Red River. Our adrenaline was super high, man. It was my heart was beating fast. I was so tired. But what, what did you guys eat when you were in Red River? I love Red River. Shotgun Willie's has some great burgers. The I Timbers heard, is a yeah. good restaurant. So we played at Motherload Saloon. Uh huh. So yeah. Motherload, the restaurant that yeah. they have, it was free. So we ate chicken fried <laughs> steak and, and a bunch of stuff. But I nice. did go to their brewery, by the way. There's a brewery there. I can't recall the name, but I stopped in there and I just had like a, a, a stout, like yeah. a whiskey barrel stout. Uh, nice. Because I love craft beers. Uh, but I love Red River and I hope to be back. But man, that was a scary. That was a scary time. So, mm. yeah. Well, let's uh, let's take a listen to another one that uh, is a it's an older one. Just listening to it, like on Spotify or mm. wherever, where I heard it the first time, you don't get the the personalization that if you watch a live video, you know, a recording, right. you talk about what the song means to you and who it's for. Right. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, you know, again. It's called Wait For Me. Wait For Me was the, a song that I wrote, and it was inspired by what if I would hit the road more, a little bit harder, and you hear musicians away from home for two weeks at a time, three weeks, even months, and they have family at home. You know, would would your would your woman know how much you loved her? Would she understand the challenges? Would she understand the struggle? Would she be able to take on the journey with you as a partner? Mm -hmm. And so when I wrote that, I, you know, that's where it came from. But then I started to realize that this actually goes a little bit deeper, which is your military. You know, they're away from home for years, mm -hmm. you know, and they come home for a little bit and then they're not maybe in the right mind and you have to be the strong person for them. You know, it's like, wait for me. You know, I promise everything that I do, it's, it's for you. You know, um, this life I'm about to build, it's for us. And, um, 
The second one goes all the truck drivers because our family, we have truck drivers in our family and they're away from home for weeks and at a time. Mm -hmm. They're running America. They're the ones keeping America running right now. They're the bloodline to get our products to the people that are looting at targets and restaurants and small businesses just to, where do you think that came from? Right. Came from the truckers. And then you're going to go and stop a truck on the damn freeway and not think, you know what I mean? Like, dude, this is, this what runs America. And you're going to go and mess it up. Um, so I feel for those people mm-hmm. and their families. And then, you know, the firefighters and policemen, you know, around these hard times right now, like it's not their fault. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I got family who are in, are in law enforcement. They're great people. Yes, it's one bad apple, but it doesn't mean it makes it up for everybody. Yeah. And so, you know, it goes out to their families. They don't know when, when they go clock in, they don't know if they're going to come back. And, and I feel for that too. So, you know, those three, and then, and then also the last one goes out to all the doctors and nurses, you know, the ones in the front lines. And it's so true. Like they're putting themselves in harm's way to fight something, you know? And, and, uh, I've had, I've had a cousin that's a nurse that helped raise me and she passed away a few weeks ago from the COVID. And that was the most hardest thing that, that I had to go through. You know what I mean? And I didn't, I didn't get to say goodbye. The only thing that I had to do that I got to do was, this is so stupid. I couldn't, I knew she was in the hospital. I couldn't see her. I couldn't visit her, but I just, you know, messaged her on Facebook. You know, we rely on social media. And I said, you know, I love you. You know, you're going to fight through it. You're a strong woman. You're going to make it out. And, uh, so when I found out she passed, she passed away on a Sunday and I went to our Facebook Mm -hmm. message and she didn't read it and it killed me. It killed my heart. Um, and again, that song resonates with me and, and it's just one of those moments. So, yeah. um, you know, forgive me for the tangent, but I mean, like, that's that's what it turned into. You know, I didn't know it was going to turn. Yes, it might have just been a song. It might have been for that moment, that selfish moment for me. But when you take a step back, you realize how much you could really touch others. Mm-hmm. And so that was my favorite song as well. I have a lot of favorites, but for many different reasons. <laughs> sure. But, like, this is a very personal reason too. Well, it... it- it resonates with me. Um, there's another one that it reminds me of. Zane Williams has a song, While I Was Away. Yes. And that one has been since I've had kids. Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing for him, mm-hmm. being on the road all the time. And he's gone more than I am hunting. But you go to Africa for two weeks, you're ready to see your kids yeah. when you come home. You're ready to see your wife. And mm-hmm. and God bless my wife. She puts up with me going out of town all the time. Yeah. Um, but so wait for me. You know, that one resonated with me. Uh, from that standpoint, let's go ahead and take a listen. I've been headed down this road for a while. Five more days and a thousand miles, but it's all part of the game. When you gotta keep playing just to make a name I close my eyes and I drift away You and me, baby, alone for the name My alarm starts ringing It's time to go It's time to put on another show It's not about the pain or the loss It's not about the crying or the cost It's about loving what you do Everything I do is all for you So have some faith you will see Maybe wait 
for me And just two more days to lying at home Sending you kisses through the phone But there's something I can't deny When I see you, baby, I'm gonna die It's not about the pain or the loss It's not about the crying or the cost It's about loving and what you do Everything I do, it's all for you So have some faith, you will see Maybe wait for me Sunny is sitting and I'm finally home But I don't need to be alone Cause the world stopped turning The road's on in Just you and me, baby, together again It's not about the pain or the loss It's not about the crying or the cost It's about loving what you do Everything I do, it's all for you so have some faith, you will see It's not about the pain or the loss It's not about the crying or the cost It's about loving what you do Everything I do, it's all for you So have some faith, you will see Maybe wait for me We'll be right back with more from Matt Castillo on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Hey guys, Cable here for Quiet Cat, the leader in e-bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. Quiet Cat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low-impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable product on the market. I own a Quiet Cat, and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, Quiet Cat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit QuietCat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Tell my brother and sister I miss them most. I bless them each day with the Son and Holy Ghost. I thank you, Lord, for letting me be set free. I may run with the devil. I may run with the devil. I may run with the devil, but it's never catching up to me. Cable Smith welcoming everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Powered by SCI. 
Uh, thanks to our presenting sponsor, Lone Star Beer, as well. Thanks to you guys and gals for being here as we are still rocking and rolling with uh, Matt Castillo of the Rio Grande Valley. Made the trek all the way up to North Texas, about a seven-hour haul, just to be here in the Lone Star Outdoor Show studio. So glad to have Matt, and we're going to pick it back up with him momentarily. And this segment, by the way, brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in Marion and San Antonio, Texas. Josh and Becky Gunther have been taking care of all of my trophy needs for going on, well, over a decade now. They do amazing work with quick turnaround time, and they answer the phone when you call. Imagine that. So when you put your tag on that big buck this season, you know where to go. Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. You can find them at gr8mounts.com. Uh, all right. Well, Matt, certainly enjoying the conversation, man. Thanks for sticking around. Oh, happy to be here, man. Now, you did tell me you've got another one that won't, it's so new, it won't even be on the uh No, you're the, the first record. one. You're the first one, and this is the first time I play it live. Oh, like wow. On some, you know, a podcast or recorded, I should say. Yeah. This is the first time it's ever been recorded on my end and, and on your end. So you're the first one to have it, and this one's called First Time. And I wrote it with uh, two buddies. Uh, Corey Kane and Jamie Weston and uh, it's just one of those where it's a breakup song it's you're already broken up but you're like hey I'm gonna love you for the first time we're gonna try this again yeah and it's gonna be like the first time and so I, you know, I really hope you guys enjoy this brand new tune so brand spanking new brand spanking all new. right this was called first time No life's got lessons I ain't learned I don't reckon there's a bridge I ain't burned It's the same situation with you and I We both say maybe but we never try Girl tonight Maybe tonight I'm gonna fly like a bird in a hurricane Driving like you in the pouring down rain Take my chance on last romance with you And I'm gonna make you mine for a little while Take your breath and drive you wild Girl, tonight Maybe tonight I'm gonna love you like the first time Bet you think another round ain't gonna work And all your friends keep saying that you'll wind up hurt and He's the same old guy that he used to be He'll love you for a while, then you watch him leave Girl, tonight Yeah, baby, tonight And I'm gonna fly like a bird in a hurricane 
Driving like hell in the pouring down rain Take my chance on last romance with you And I'm gonna make you mine for a little while Take your breath and drive you wild Girl, tonight Yeah, baby, tonight I'm gonna love you like the first time I'm gonna fly like a bird in a hurricane Driving like you in the pouring down rain Take my chance on last romance with you And I'm gonna make you mine for a little while Take your breath and drive you wild Girl, tonight Yeah, baby, tonight I'm gonna love you like the first time I'm gonna love you like the first time Brand new one. Brand spanking new. Dude, love that one. And I know you were a little uh, a little nervous about playing I was, it. I was. You've got the, the the lyrics here. and I had the lyrics, and I was like, yeah. before you record this, let me just play it run through <laughs> real quick. I want to be sure, because yeah. there have been times I've bombed it you know, live, and I just forget the words. Everybody forgets them. But uh-huh. uh, I was like, okay, let me get it right. The moment I get it right, I'll feel more comfortable playing it full through, so full way through. So, so anyway, that one we can, you guys can enjoy here and yeah. then live shows and somewhere on down the line, yeah. uh, another record. Hopefully it'll be on there. Uh, Matt, I, I always ask our musical guests about their bucket list hunting or fishing trip. Okay. And so you're up, man. Wow. Uh, Anything, anywhere. Money doesn't work. Pretend we're, we're both bajillionaires and we could do whatever we want. You know what? I've, I've always... Uh, wanted to go to Africa to go hunt too. I think it's, it's really, uh, an experience I probably won't ever forget, yeah. you know? So I think that would be on my bucket list. I'd go to Montana, mm-hmm. you know, go up there, fly fishing, Yeah, you know, if I could, but if it had to narrow it down, he gave me one choice. I, I would say, get me a plane ticket to Africa with me and let's go hunting. <laughs> I just really awesome. enjoy it. Any one animal that really do give me, give them all, all of them, yeah, yeah. All of them you know, <laughs> I mean, I just don't, I hate the fact that when you guys go out there, um, you guys get, some backlash on this yeah you know you go out and kill an animal and they're like that poor animal you know you you just hurting the distinctive what are you like dude it was the one that i've gotten the most hate for is the zebra Uh people like yeah why would you shoot a striped horse i'm like it is a uh far from a domesticated animal it's a wild ass zebra everything out in africa is wild yeah and it's delicious by the way and Europeans eat horse. It's not like it, Americans See, have this total exactly, disconnect from what food is. Like a horse is just meat. You know, that's exactly where I'm gonna be like, guys. I don't want to sound rude, but like, come on, educate yourself a little bit. You know what I mean? Just because it it, it doesn't happen in America doesn't mean it it happens everywhere. Else. You yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. horses, butt is a delicacy out. Um, Outside of America, right? Sorry, yeah. it's just what it is, you know. And and I hate to say this, but the horses that don't find a ranch down here, guess what happens? 
they get eaten and that's just the way of life and I, in, in america they still get sometimes they get eaten but it's like a by a snotty nosed four-year-old eating elmer's glue <laughs> 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 you know what I mean, though. But it, it, it's I've I've seen just the comments, and I'm like, guys, calm down. Like, yeah. You know, but I'm sorry that you had to go. Oh that, no, I don't. I wear it know, as a badge of honor. I'm not gonna say it's equivalent to this. I'm not gonna say that. But what I will say is that it's it's same thing as somebody saying to me, "Well, Matt, you're Hispanic. And you play country music. Why don't you just stick to?" Tejano music and Tex-Mex. Mm. Well, that's not me, man. Yeah. That's not what I was, you know, raised on. You know, if you're raised in a hunting world, that's all you know. Yeah. If you're raised in a country world, that's all you know. You can't go and be different. Okay? Right, right. And so you get backlash, you know what I mean? Like, I got backlash just recently, you know. Uh, do you play Do you play uh, Mexican music? Or do you know Spanish? Well, Yeah. And then they had another guy make a comment. It's like, dude, he's like, you should, you shouldn't even be playing country music. You're just a house slave, and you're just, you know. I was like, really? Wow. 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 Yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? And that was on Instagram, you know. And I had to delete it because I'm like, who? First of all, who the f are you? Mm. And like, what? What'd you get out of that? You know what I mean? So I'm sorry to get backlash, but this is the first time I've dealt with this type of deal where I'm getting pushed back. And people getting mad at me because I'm playing country music and I'm Hispanic. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? Yeah. It's like, if you didn't see anything about me. I mean, in, in the current state of the world, it's mind blowing that someone would say that. Like, with everything else that's going on in society, you know, that I've, they have the and balls and to. And, I, and I've got it multiple times. And, mm. I've told, and I've told my producers, I was like, man, what if, you know, what about this? Have you, you know, dealt with any of this as far as like other. Because. My producer has been in Nashville for, you know, 50, 60 years. He's seen Hispanics come through and, and go. And like, I was like, man, have you ever had anything or seen anything? Should I be worried about this? You mm -hmm. know, he's like, no, we shouldn't. And who cares? You know, but the backlash was just like, wow. OK. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? I just say, wait till I shoot a giraffe and then see what they say. <laughs> 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 if, you exactly. know, if, this is a funny thing. Um I've been to Africa three times and giraffe was never on the list. Yeah. I'm going back. 2020 trip got canceled. So I'm going twice in 2021. Oh, nice. And giraffe is now on the list because my kids want me to shoot a giraffe. <laughs> they think that would be the coolest thing in the world. You know, you so. have a beautiful room just full of just dead animals. Well, Matt, Matt where the hell are we going to put a giraffe? Would you put a giraffe in here? I think fit? we'd just make a rug out of it. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I, there's some cool furniture and stuff like that, but uh, the kids want a giraffe and who am I to let the kids down? So Exactly. Yeah. Don't let them Daddy's going to do what they want. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, I can stand up to my son, my seven-year-old, but when the, the twin girls, they're five, when they um, they come to give daddy a kiss and say, will you shoot a giraffe for us? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, man, it's it's been an absolute treat having you in studio um y'all check out the single latest single say it and uh the record you just told the name uh, it's something about rivers but yeah I how the river flows how the that's river the flows album, uh title of the new music and when will that come out well right now that's a tba right now i'm hoping next year 2021 mm -hmm. uh hopefully by the fall but if depending on how everything happens maybe we might have to push it back a little bit but that's just part of COVID. You know, yeah that's part of management <laughs> and uh everybody teamwork decision on that but yeah. again thanks for having me on here man i I've, it's been a this has been a bucket list podcast for me to be on and i know you've been a great supporter of me since you know the matt and herdsman days 
and even now. So, uh, I'm glad I made the trip. So thank you. Yeah, thank dude. You. Thanks for making the trek up here. Folks can find you on all the uh, social media platforms at Matt Castillo Music. A website, same thing, mattcastillomusic.com. Unfortunately, just looking at the clock, we got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to Matt as well as Brian Lynn, our other guest today of the uh, Sportsman's Alliance. Uh, by the way, that segment, I forgot to mention, was brought to you by the new Stealth Cam Fusion. You can find it at stealthcam.com. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Bye.